Good day, friends. How are you? I want to thank you for being on if you're on live. Uh, Angie Pepper, good morning. And if you're catching up, be sure to say hello in the comments. Uh, let us know where you're, you're, where you're watching from, or where you're catching up from. Uh, I'm going to do better about getting back into the comments and, and saying hello. And if you have questions, put them in there, uh, even if it's uh, on the replay. And uh, we'll get back in there and answer questions. Okay, this morning, I wanted to talk about transformation. This has been a topic that's been just kind of on my heart lately and really wanting to be able to point to where is the transformation of my life. And I want that for all of us. I want us all to be able to say, here's the transformation that, uh, that Jesus is, is performing in my life. And, and I want us all to be able to celebrate with one another, uh, these transformations and, and continue to, to chase after Jesus to see what the next one is. I mean, it's, it's, it can give you kind of a, a high to be able to point to these things, to be able to celebrate them, to be able to put on display uh, the glory of what Jesus is doing in our lives. And it's, it is a, a lot of fun to be able to do that. And at the same time, it's necessary because what we are moving into, particularly in 2023, and we talked about it yesterday uh, with the retraining and um, the recounting and uh, rebuilding that's going on, we need to be able to point to transformations because these these themes for, for 2023, they go, are going to necessitate transformation. And so I, I want everyone to be able to point to something that says throughout the week, oh, wow, look at what Jesus has done this week. Or, wow, he brought me through this thing. And this is what I learned as he, as he carried me through this in his strength. I didn't have to do it on my own. I didn't have to muster anything up. I, I, it, was, it was all in his strength. And, and now I get to rest in that. And so I, I want you to be able to point to that. So Really what led me kind of this to that is, is the fact that transformation has been in my heart, but the, uh, the verse in Romans 12, uh, verse two, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that verse always kind of pulls me in because I'm constantly evaluating my thinking and, and what it is that I'm focused on because I don't want to be focused on avoiding sin or not doing this, not doing that. That's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on Jesus. Where are you taking me today? What is it you're pointing me towards? What is it I, I can do to partner with the words that you're speaking over me? That's what I want to be focused on. And so I'm, I'm constantly wanting my mind to be renewed towards those things. Does it always happen? No, not even close. You know, we, we can uh, use the power of our minds because our minds are very powerful, but we can use them in in one of two ways. One that takes us into a, a space where we're imagining all the horrible things, all the bad things, <coughs> excuse me, all the uh, conversations that go wrong and 
how they go wrong. And, you know, um, I, I wish I could remember the exact quote off the top of my head and who said it, but uh, it, it goes something to the effect of most of the troubles in my life are, are just in my own mind. I've, I've created these troubles in my own mind and that's the sole place that they exist, which is, is an interesting idea. And when you really start to think about it and, and the way we use imagination, it's, it's absolutely true. Most of the troubles in our life aren't actual, aren't actually real and haven't actually happened. And so using your mind and, and the power behind that to dream with Holy Spirit, to imagine what it is that he's showing you rather than going down the other road. It's part of this renewing of your mind. And so I just wanted to read, <coughs> excuse me, still getting over this cough. I wanted to read through Romans 12. <coughs> I wanted to read through Romans 12 and see what kind of transformations we can pull out. And uh, so I'm going to read this in the New American Standard, and I'm going to jump over a couple times to the mirror translation because I just love the way <coughs> that some of those, uh, some of the ideas are pulled out in the mirror. And so uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. So we're going to read through Romans 12. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We talk about this all the time, worship as an act of sacrifice. If, if everything is, is comfortable and well, that's great. <clears throat> but oftentimes that isn't the, the reality that we see things. We see things coming at us and uh, uh, coming against us. And, and we talked about this yesterday quite a bit. Uh, don't miss what it is that's actually going on just because of uh, things that are coming against you when you step out into the call that God has in your life. At, in those times, turn to worship. Celebrate. Oh, the enemy must be extremely scared of me in my fullness, in my capacity. Right, My self-confidence, if I have a problem there, that, that self-confidence problem is far less than what the enemy is concerned about if I step out in fullness. So don't miss these times to worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, I talked about this a lot already be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be looking for these transformative points in your life throughout each day that you can point to the intervention of God in your life and allow that to, to renew your mind, to build up your faith, to give evidence to the fact that you are walking out the call that God has in your life. Goes on for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so that so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And really, this is just 
not thinking too highly of yourself in the terms of vanity. You should think highly of yourself in the terms of, uh, or in the idea that you are a son or daughter of God. That should give you a level of high thinking that says I'm royalty. I have access. That's not vanity. That's not arrogance. There's no ego behind that. It's reality. But we have to be able to wrap our minds around that and say, this is truth of me. This is part of who I am. And so therefore, I'm going to live that way. I'm not going to live a life that's less than. I'm going to come up higher where I'm supposed to be at. says, for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, we, we this is another thing we talked about yesterday, um, and Pepper brought this out about all of us being one body, and and we don't get jealous of one another because we don't function the same way. You just own who you are and function in fullness through that. And I want to read uh, verses five through eight out of the mirror. And it says in Christ, the many individuals are all part of the same body and members of one another. This is an important piece to pull out again from yesterday. Angie pulled out. We all have been operating in oneness all along. Uh, The difference is, is what is it that you're actually bringing into oneness to share what is it you're bringing into oneness to uh, offer to the to the rest of us? Is it the fullness of who God says you are and the fullness of what it is that he's gifted you and called you into? Or again, is it something less than where uh, you're just bringing in dirt, bringing in garbage, for lack of a better term? There's a responsibility here that we all share to one another to bring fullness. And we are members of one another. If we are one body, if we are the body of Christ, that means we are members of one another. And so it's important to, to realize. Am I back? Because, okay. I got to figure out what's going on with my internet. It's not good. Okay, uh, going back into the mirror, verse six. Our gifts may differ in function, but his grace is the same. If it is your turn to prophesy, let faith and not a title be your inspiration. Title's not needed to play with all the things. There's your permission right there. If for whatever reason you're, you're waiting to to operate in the fullness of your giftings or, or even try out new gifts. 
because you don't have a title or uh, some man given authority, there it is right there. You have permission. You're free to play with the gifts. Go for it. Verse seven, the same goes for every aspect of ministry, whether it be serving or to give instruction or to just be there alongside someone to remind them of their true identity. This gives a new meaning to the the uh, uh, exhortation, the gift of exhortation. It's not in kind of things that you say to somebody to to build them up or to bring them out of of some kind of uh, depression or, or funk or to um, to use that to call them up higher. You can call them up higher by reminding them of their true identity, who it is that God says they are. This is why it's super important for us to share with one another who it is that God's calling us. What is it that he's saying about you? What is it that he has gifted you with? Because in these times where we start to uh, get off track and and that that member of the body we can see is is uh, unhealthy in whatever way, this is how we're going to call them back. We're going to remind them of who they are, remind them of their true identity. And, and I, I really can't stress that enough uh, of of really knowing one another and knowing who it is that God says you are. Because this is this is opportunity for all of us to make sure that everyone's upright. Because if we start to see somebody slipping, we can pick them up. I'm always going to go back to that. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. I own that and take it very seriously. Exhortation isn't just about uh, fancy words and, and kind things to say. It's also about reminding people of their true identity. All right. Verse nine. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the first part about this, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be that which you do where you aren't wearing some kind of mask, where it isn't um, it isn't about uh, uh, pretending to love each other, right? We we all know we can we can fake that. It, it goes back to the same thing of just you know saying kind words, uh, just you know, doing nice things. Sure. We can all do that. We can all pretend to love, but let it not, let it be without hypocrisy. Let it be without a mask. It says be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, give preference to one another. I love this because this is an opportunity for us to, to really look at the, the value, the unique value that we each have. And it's an opportunity for us to uh, 
hold one another up rather than um, than tearing them down. You know, this is this is uh, uh, giving up your place in preference of another. Right. If we are really going to have an impact with the kingdom and for the kingdom in this world, we have to start listening to one another. And we have to start honoring each other. We can't focus on the things that divide. What do, what do we focus on? We think, what, is, what? Okay. Um, if, if we get back to the message of the gospel, back to Christ and him crucified for all, all, all people of all time, then, then we're not going to have a lot of these issues. So uh, give preference to one another. And I want to read verse 11 out of the mirror. It says, do not allow any hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of your zeal. Capture the moment, maintain the boiling point intensity of spirit devotion to the Lord. This is, this is something we we've talked about a lot in terms of what is it you're taking out from Sunday morning and continuing to carry on throughout the week. That cannot be the single point of, of nourishment for you being a Sunday morning, right? You have to, you have to not allow anything to interrupt the rhythm of your zeal. Things are going to come up. We talked about this earlier. Things are going to come against you, but this is an opportunity to celebrate and realize, yes, I am, I am working to fulfill my call. I'm doing it. I'm taking action. Right. And so you can expect that things are going to come against you. Don't allow that to interrupt your zeal. Right. Capture the moment. Maintain the boiling point intensity of spirit devotion to the Lord. Not allowing, um, like Angie talked about a week ago, uh, allowing the soul to sit on the throne. Mind, will, emotions, they are great inputs. And they should be providing you with inputs, but they do not rule. Right. Spirit rules. And so I wanted to I wanted to make sure to read it uh, in that to you. So you really understand that. Uh, we don't hesitate anymore. Right. This is this is a point. Hesitation has to transform into radical obedience, which means it's it's complete and immediate. Right. There's nothing. There's nothing lacking in the obedience. It's it's full devotion to it. And and it's not delayed in any way. Complete and immediate. That has to be the the underlying definition of radical obedience. That you don't wait. Right. You can think of Joseph when uh, the angel came to him at night and said, take Mary, take Jesus, go to Egypt. He got up in the middle of the night immediately and he went, gathered him up and off they went. That's a radical obedience. 
It was complete and it was immediate. All right, let's move on here. Okay, verse 12. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to go back to 11s. Uh, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. These are all things you can start to look at as areas of your life where you can point to transformation. Right? It is, is my zeal for the Lord and uh, the the boiling point intensity of that spirit devotion to the Lord transforming me in these areas of rejoicing and hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Am I being transformed in these areas? Are you? good question to start asking yourself and it's it's an opportunity for you to share with people so you can bring them into your celebration verse 14 bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep be of the same mind toward one another do not be haughty in mind but associate with the lowly do not be wise in your own estimation. <clears throat> Stoop down, go low. Right? Don't, don't be haughty in mind. Don't think you're above other people. Don't look to your own wisdom and understanding. Verse 17, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. I'm going to quickly read this in the mirror, and then I want to talk about it. Uh, verses 19 through 21, uh, uh, the mirror says, Do not bother yourselves to get even, dear ones. Do not let anger or irritation distract you. That which we have in common with one another must set the pace. Scripture confirms that the Lord himself is the revealer of righteousness. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. These acts of kindness will be like heaping fire on his head and certainly rid him of the dross in his mind and win him as a friend. Do not let evil be an excuse for you to feel defeated. Rather, seize the opportunity to turn the situation into a victory for good. Interesting thing about uh, heaping hot coals. There was an Egyptian tradition that uh, people would walk around with a pan of hot coals on their head as an act of repentance. And so that that could have been what, what uh, Paul was referring to here as kind of this analogy of heaping hot coals. And so 
I, I thought it was interesting to do not let anger or irritation distract you because those things can distract you. And then they get your mind going in that place we talked about earlier where you're using your imagination in the wrong direction and you're starting to create uh, um, problems for yourself that don't actually exist. And then you start to stress and then you're distracted and you're no longer focused on where it is Jesus is taking you, what it is he's called you to do. No longer focus on the gifts that you've been given and what it is you're going to do with them. Again, what it says, what we have in common with one another must set the pace. We cannot allow uh, uh, the pace of relationship to be set by what divides us. It just can't be done. It has to be the pace that brings us together. Again, Christ and him crucified. What was done on our behalf that brought all of us into the family. That made all of us into one body. That has to be the pace of the relationship. In verse 21, don't let evil be an excuse for you to feel defeated. Rather, seize the opportunity to turn the situation into a victory for good. Uh, mentioned this again yesterday. We talked about it on, on Life Up Here a couple of weeks ago when Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail. They could have felt defeated. They could have, uh, could have said that they missed what it was God was doing. They shouldn't have gone to Macedonia. They were wrong. This is evidence because uh, I'm, I was beaten and now I'm sitting in jail. I mean, I, I'm sure most of us would react the same way in that manner. I know I've done it before. Things come against me and I, I start questioning everything. Oh my gosh, it, did God actually call me to do this? Did he actually uh, say these things about me? Is this real? Of course it is. If it wasn't, there wouldn't be anything coming against me because there wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be anything to worry about for the enemy to worry about. Second, you start to step out into the fullness of who it is that God calls you to be. There will be resistance that comes up against you. Celebrate it. Bring everyone into the celebration. Because if you hide it, like, oh, I'm going through all this stuff and it's just bringing you down and you don't uh, shine light and bring other people into it. It's going to be that much more difficult. So. So bring bring people into that. Celebrate it. All right. I hope that this helps you to be able to start looking at some different things to point to, to say, here is where I'm being transformed. Celebrate that with everyone and start to look for the next one. Continue to come up higher and higher and higher with every transformation. Don't take one transformation and say, oh, that's it. I've been transformed. Nothing else needs to happen. Don't stop there. Get with Holy Spirit this week. 
have conversations with him about it continually every day. Don't, don't let just Sunday morning be your single point of nourishment. All right. Kingdom indivisible. Uh, I'm glad you put that in the comments. Uh, that's, uh, this is something we want to, uh, offer out again. We, uh, we, we've put this together to help people with transformation to, to help them get prepared for what's next, right? Throughout 2023, um, go to the website, check out the blog, see the prophetic word, uh, for 2023 and, uh, then jump over under mentoring. You can find, uh, this link or copy and paste it right out of the, the comments there and, and check that out. What we want to do is meet with people every week. It offers some instruction, but, uh, but really allow opportunity for conversation to be able to, to bring ideas together and to talk through things. And so that's, that's what we want to be able to offer up. There's more information on the website. Uh, if you have questions, you can, um, email us your questions, info at uneditedlife.org. And we will, we will get back to you and answer questions. All right. Uh, I hope you all were able to get something out of today. Uh, I would love to hear your, your biggest takeaway, uh, in the comments. So drop that in there and, uh, look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week.